Do School Better, a podcast for people who want to transform education. Join Doris Corda, Hawkins School's Associate Head and Director of Entrepreneurial Studies, as she shares her experience as an educational reformer told through conversations with Assistant Directors Tim Desmond and Allison Tanker. School is broken. Let's do school better. In this episode, Doris explains why our current educational system doesn't work anymore and why skills mastery matters more for today's students than it ever has before. She discusses how her career of teaching and entrepreneurship have led her to create a new model for learning. So Doris, why did you do this? Where did this come from? Yeah, so, um, so gosh, I, this came from years and years of, um, of teaching, uh, actually kids, but teaching math and um, being, uh, finding uh, ways to strategy after strategy to um, get kids to learn math who hated it coming in or thought they were stupid or for whatever reason the way we teach doesn't work well for them and um, you know I started my career not as an educator I was in industry I was an engineer and um, then I, I I built products and I built businesses um, in the software in the cowboy days of the software business and um so I was old, you know, I was 38 or so when I was first um, a math teacher standing in a high school and looking at a bunch of kids. And when I saw what I was supposed to teach and how I was supposed to teach them, I was stunned. First of all, it looked, it looked unchanged since, I, you know, I'd been a kid sitting in math class. And it was gruesome it was so disconnected from anything that kids could care about or find relevant there was no context for them so I I remember being told when I was first teaching I said okay what do you want me to do and they gave me the book and said you're covering these chapters and I said okay and I I was at an independent school so I hadn't I didn't have to be certified, so I literally came from running a software business into being a high school math teacher. And, <laughs> and yeah, and um, told, all right, so cover these chapters, and the advice I got was basically you set it up like this. You, you know, maybe introduce for a few minutes the topic, polynomials, um, shifting and reflecting rules, whatever it is. Uh, trig you introduce the topic then um, give the students an assignment here at, you'll see at the end of each section there are these problems I always assign the evens because the answer to the odds is in the back of the book and um, then the next day at the beginning of class you go over the homework then you introduce the new thing then you give them the problems and then rinse and repeat, um, and that's kind of it. And so I, 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 I had um, because I was the new kid on the block. I was given, um, I was given the class nobody wanted to teach, which was this was a very high performing, intense math science kind of school, and this was the class uh, for freshmen who had flunked math the year before 
or come from different schools with, that, with weaker programs, so they didn't have the background. So these, I'm facing a bunch of kids who hated math with the force of a thousand sons and were convinced they were stupid and basically weren't thriving at all in this kind of traditional setup. And I spent the next 14 years developing all these different ways of getting all these different kids to first of all understand why it mattered to learn this stuff and give it context and then find different ways for this weird thing called math um, which is a language right to make sense and be relevant and be digestible and for and for them to kind of develop pattern recognition skills and understand that it's actually useful for decision support and 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 actually starting with engaging with each student about what is the decision that you might want to actually support with modeling some anyway so i developed all these strategies and in the meantime and and it, it was very successful and and I, you know you experience what it is to see a 14 year old or a 16 year old or a 17 year old come in feeling completely shattered by the system mm -hmm. and completely not only unsuccessful but incapable like they're just you know their schools allowing them to decide early on that they are inadequate in some way and it's an amazing thing when you see how truly every kid can learn and it's about engaging their interest and their imagination and and having them trust and what they're capable of so so when i uh you know when i came to hawken i came because uh you know i had spent 14 years as a as a math teacher and i really wanted to um i wanted to find a way to do school better I wanted to find, a, I, I just think the system's so broken. I'm so glad now that it's generally felt that school's broken. That wasn't the case not so long ago. Mm -hmm. And so when I started here, I had been here maybe a month. I was, you know, associate head, I still am. And I'd been here about a month when um, Scott, who's the head of school, said, hey, we just bought a building down in University Circle and we want to do some experiential classes down there, and it's pretty much empty. With your background, do you want to do uh, create an entrepreneurial studies course? And I thought, bingo, I'd love to. And I said, it's not because I'm particularly um, passionate about teaching business to high school kids. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's not my passion. But I wanted to create a class where students learn entirely by working on real problems and build something that is a very different model. And um, so all the stuff that I did and developed and learned in my 14 years of teaching math, I now, you know, I put into this thing. So that's kind of... It's, it's amazing to see kind of your trajectory through this space and that you're now working with the school that's allowed you to develop something that you are passionate about. Yeah. Can you speak a bit more about that transition from working as an engineer into the education space and, and starting to pursue a passion in, in that world. 
Yeah, so in education, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it's interesting the way you worded that because I, I, think, they are so, I think they are so connected, mm -hmm. right? So um, one of the things that was really crazy exciting about those cowboy days of the software and high-tech industry is that um, it was so informed. It was the most incredible um, space for creativity. It really was because it was brand new. Everything was brand new. And so when I was in that world, it was filled with mostly engineers and a lot of tech talk. And this, you know, this was before, uh, you know, we had our iPhones lit, you know, it was before even, you know, the, the Apple uh, computer was the big deal that came. So I learned so much in those years about um, how I learned so much about how to, you know, it's funny, I always define entrepreneurship as turning ideas into successful realities. I kind of learned a lot about that. And so when I came in to, to teaching and to school, and, um, and I knew the sort of skills and, and processes mm -hmm. that really were, the, were so important and powerful in industry and out in the world. And I came into school and I saw these amazingly wonderful, talented, eager kids uh, being force-fed stuff to me memorize and spit back. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I really felt so strongly that really it's the skill part that they most need. And of course, you can't, yeah, you need, you know, of course you need the knowledge and you need the content and there's a lot of hard stuff to learn, but understanding how you learn and the, and having that be part of the process of education and having learning what it means to work well with others and how to set up a process that you by yourself aren't going to do, um, learning how to, um, you know, how to solve a problem that doesn't look exactly like what they had as an example in the chapter of the book. Like those are the things that we just, we just don't do well in school. And I, and all those things were connected. Does that answer? Sure. It is. I mean, I think there is a lot of truth in that story about who you are and your desire to really build and fix systems, uh, create new systems for where areas might be broken or needing improvement. And I'm curious if you have any uh, specific kind of education philosophy that you follow or uh, any predecessors that you had read that really influenced uh, how you've gone into building your education? Well, it's funny because I taught and sort of figured it out as I went kind mm -hmm. of thing for a long time. And I actually think that a lot of the way I approach 
teaching and learning and curriculum um, was possibly helped by the fact that I didn't have an education degree and I came in sort of, um, you know, I didn't come in with sort of an indoctrination into these are the things thou must do. And not that there's anything wrong with those things. They're all things that come from years of great practice and learning. But I think um, I, I just developed um, these philosophies and principles over the course of teaching for years. And it was really interesting when you ask about who I read. After teaching for 14 years, I did a graduate program and I, and I actually read John Dewey. And I read some of the great education philosophers. And um, I'm not an emotional person, and I'm not embarrassed to say when I first read John Dewey after 14 years of teaching, um, and I read what this man wrote in like 1913 or 1915, wow. and I got really emotional because he so eloquently and with great wisdom said what I had discovered, you know, on my own. Um, and it's really down to some of these things that, um, that a, a teacher's job starts with engaging the individual interest of each student. You don't create the interest. You don't, you don't need to use trickery to motivate a student to learn something. People, humans, are intrinsically interested. It's about engaging their particular interest and guiding, creating a path that will guide them as they're driven by their interest through the kinds of learning that will then result in their having grown in some really important ways. And he worded it much better than I'm wording it, but I believe that, you know, when I walk into a math class with a 16-year-old Jeremy who's looking at me and saying, why do I have to learn this stuff? Um, that's the first, most important, essential, you cannot skip that, that is it. You start everything with, why does this matter? Why does this matter to me, Jeremy, to me, Allison, to me, Tim, to me, Lindsay, to me, why? And if you don't, if you skip over that, and we've ignored that largely in school, right. if you do that, the rest will come. So, so when people talk about you know, there are all these edgy jargon terms, okay? And it's really hard to talk about these things without using them. So when people say, I believe that, a, that learning needs to be student-driven, student-centered, student like what does that mean? Well, for me, what it means is what I just said. Every student, you, you have to take the care to make sure that every student first understands why what they're about to do matters. And afterwards and frequently, and you see that in the way our program works, there's constant reflection, why did we do that? Why are we about to do this? Why does this matter? 
Why did we do that? And having them answer that question. Like, why, why does it matter to you that we're about to do this? Mm -hmm. Having Allison answer that question. I can't answer for Allison. Allison needs to answer for Allison. And then after Allison's done whatever we've done, saying, Allison, why did it matter that you did that? I mean, that's such a simple thing, but it's, you see, it's constant in our program, in our classes. And the reason is that that's, that more than anything else guides every student and makes, when I say that students work harder, they assign themselves more work than I would ever assign them or you would ever assign them. <laughs> it's because once they care, once it's relevant, the rest will come. And one of the things that has changed so much is because of technology, starting very, very young, people today know the difference between things that matter and things that don't. So when I was a kid in school and I was having Mrs. Smith teach me um, about the Treaty of Versailles and I had to learn these names and these dates and I had to spit them back next Friday on the test. If I thought to myself, I'm not sure why this is important or if I even articulated it like well, Ms. Smith and I probably would never have asked because it would have been impudent and you never would have done it. But if I'd said, hey, Ms. Smith, why is it important for me to memorize the dates and the names associated with Treaty of Versailles? Ms. Smith would have given me an answer and I would have just trusted that it, yes, that makes sense. I believe it matters. And I never would have asked her. And I just assumed that it must be important for me one day to know this. Uh, and I, I, will, I will dutifully, you know, I was a good girl. I didn't, I didn't have what students today have. Students today sit in that same classroom with Mrs. Smith saying, I want you to memorize the treaty, dates and names associated with Treaty of Versailles for the test next week. And they're looking at her and they know that this will never matter in their lives. They're in the rest when they're outside of that classroom. They are confronted all the time with what's going on in the world, mm -hmm. uh, with who's making stuff happen in the world and how. And they know it's not really relevant or meaningful that they learn those particular things. That makes perfect sense. I mean, I even reflect back on my educational experience and to imagine having the opportunity for that self-reflection to yeah. engage in a way that helps me see the value in the learning, really be active in the learning process. I, I think that's um, right. an opportunity that's not given to many students. And I'm curious for you how that has uh really drawn you deeper into this work? Sure. Well, so, so when I was teaching math, I worked every single day to find a way to make it relevant and meaningful to every single student. So I, this whole uh, project-based using real problems, et cetera, you know, we talk about how we're using real problems and in entrepreneurship, people can see exactly how we're doing it. I did the same thing every single day in teaching math. Every single day. I came up with a real, and sometimes it was really crazily hard, and I'm sure my answers were so bizarre, because <laughs> trying to tell a 15-year-old 
why learning sign matters and coming up, but that I did it every single day when I in class, when I'm when I'm starting something new, when I'm working one on one with a kid, trying to find something real that where it would matter that they learn that. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be teaching entrepreneurship. It doesn't matter what you're teaching. And you know, we have, we've been working a lot with our humanities department and they can teach ancient China using mm -hmm. some way to use real world problems to make the learning meaningful and relevant to students. And um, the other, there are many other things that I believe, but the other one that's sort of at the same level as the making sure the relevance and meaning, I actually believe that every child can learn, every person can learn. I actually truly believe that. That isn't something I decided to believe. I really, really believe it. Mm -hmm. I believe it. And I've taught hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students, and I've never found an exception. That's the other biggie. I think that's powerful. And it, it's powerful how passionate you are about this. You can feel that from yeah. you, and I think it's important the work that's being done and it's exciting you've had the opportunity here to explore that and build a program that's continuing to show what's possible for students out there so congratulations on that oh well um, looking forward to learning yeah, more from you <laughs> for more information and resources go to doschoolbetter.com podcast created by tim desmond doris corda and allison tanker Produced by Tim Desmond.